then we eventually found our first partner and then they said that sure like let's do it together and we will do a JV partnership but it's gonna be learning while we are earning so it was learning while earning that's where we developed that and then we got our then at that time our first property was the the place where we really put our feet on the ground and that's where we actually know that okay the concept of burr how does the concept of burr is justified how do you justify a burr how do you justify a fix and flip that's how we started learning so for us it was always involvement like i i would never want to just give my money and okay you do it for me and then you give me the returns Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. All right, guys, today we're here with Lucky and Zara, and we are going to be talking about virtual wholesaling and all kinds of things related to business. In our pre-call, we talked a lot about terminology and words and how that shapes the way we think about business. So we're going to dive into that. We're also going to dive into a number of things. The fact that they've been here only like in Toronto, a handful of years uh, since they were in India. So we'll talk about what the process is like being new uh, in Canada and uh, how that essentially translates out into learning lessons. So guys, dive in. Tell us what is the most crazy transaction you've experienced so far in your wholesaling business? I would let the lady take care and talk about more yeah. on the transaction. But here's a quick uh, thing I would uh, like to to tell all the listeners that you're gonna have, we're gonna try our level best to provide maximum value into not to just uh, getting into real estate and how to start as an immigrant, a new immigrant, but to you can also start scale and go all the way up to the seven figure business in real estate. Let's get started. Love it. Let's do it. Thank you so much. So for us, wholesaling is pretty much brand new. Like we are still diving into it. Like we are not, I would not say that we have like our feet is on the ground completely. I would not say that because it's very new for us. But I would just like to give an example for the real estate transaction that we came across when we first dived into real estate. So real estate obviously taught us wholesaling. We never knew, even when we bought our first property, we never knew that there is something called a wholesaling. We only knew that the properties come through realtors and we can search on MLS and that's the only way you can search for properties. But one of the crazy thing that happened when we bought our second property, which was through a wholesaler, that's when we knew that, okay, there's a term called wholesaling. There's a term called off-market deals. There is a term called private and you know there's something which a lot of people don't know about so we dived into it we bought that property it was a gut reno like it was a complete the house was a complete mess we dived into it we hired a contractor like a general contractor licensed to work for us and that was absolutely disaster for us we lost so much money we lost so much time we lost so much of our own self while working onto that project because I would say like, I would like to use the word scam that happened with us. And that was the biggest learning for us because that project was a long, long distance project. So that was the biggest learning. And that was the biggest, uh, like I was an example for us in terms of a uh, uh, real estate business, but that was a crazy experience. Like the, the contractor never showed up. He asked for money. We used to give him money. We used to send him money. We used to do like virtual talking, but the the neighbors around the house used to come and tell us that oh, okay this person is actually not working like are you guys paying him or not paying him what is happening he's not showing up like he's just coming here drinking tim hortons and that's it and he's just leaving so what is happening 
So we thought that, okay, let's deep dive into it. Let's find out what is happening. And when we actually went to the property and saw it, it was, it was in the state that we bought it. So it was like nothing changed. Three, four months passed by and absolutely nothing changed. So that was the biggest learning. But yes, that property, that deal taught us way too much in our like in terms of real estate. And yes, that was a that was a deal that gave us or landed us into wholesaling. And then we dived into virtual wholesaling. So yeah, that was the biggest learning for us. It was a crazy transition. Early, early dose of the problems that can come with real estate. I was, I was interviewing someone that came from Israel and he said in, in Israel, they didn't really have words to define that something can't be done. He said, that's one of the things he wish Americans have. Is that the same in India? Like what's the mindset in India and does it play well here in Toronto or in the States? So, uh, when it comes to real estate mindset, right, there are only a couple of things you can do. So number one thing. Uh, here in northern part of America, right? As I as, as I, I would like to dive into the comparison point, right? In India, uh, we have been investing, we have been land banking, we have been investing on a development projects on an equity side of the business, but it's pure cash. There is nothing called debt leverage, right? You can't leverage on credit, right? So when I actually landed into Canada, uh, that brings up to my the first day I landed, and I I was clear that I, if I am going into Canada, right, right up front before my visa came in, it's going to be business. And I started interviewing franchises, business owners. I started in, uh, uh, you know talking uh, more than fifty to franchises over the states to Canada. And I came across very bigger brands, like uh, to name a few, there was a brand called Wayback Burger. Uh, they are slowly coming here. They want they wanted to come here and they were offering us a master franchise. So we interviewed 52 franchises, businesses to see what what uh, we can, you know, uh, take it further and uh, uh, start uh, somewhere, right? So, and then uh, something happened when we were negotiating a deal on a franchisee. I really loved the concept of them. So uh, I wanted to actually uh, become a partner in the business, not uh, buying a manager's job, because that's what I call in a franchise business. You're buying a manager's job. So I didn't want it to, because the returns don't appeal me, right? So uh, I, I actually made them an offer and I like their systems and stuff, but just when we were talking onto the table, then I came to know uh, that uh, the rents are crazy. So coming back to the comparing from India to Canada, since Canada is an immigrant dominant country, right? They are uh, getting all the immigration. Uh, every year there are volumes of people coming, right? So uh, in, in, in that's what we feel is that uh, comparing the rent rolls, it's way higher. I mean, you can expect 1% of your property valuation if you're buying a rental here. You can really underwrite those deals and literally uh, you can come across such deals. And it's, it's I'm not saying oh, yeah. it's easy, but yeah, you can still figure some things out around that 1%. That is crazy, honestly. It, you can't get those uh, rental incomes in, uh, in India. So the only game which- What is it like in India on a percentage? Uh, on a debt side? Uh, so like if you buy a property for 100000 or a million in India, what's the rents look like typically? 
Okay, so you can consider uh, the the best rents uh, uh, 0.4 to 5. Yeah. yeah, so half or less. Yeah, half a cent. Just like we can say 1%, it's half a percent. Or maybe even less in smaller less. cities. Like if you go to a bigger city like Mumbai or Delhi, if you go to the capital of India, then there you can try to, you know, leverage a bit. But in smaller cities, no, it's not. I, I always say that it's that much. I always say, uh, so you need to be creative right there because equity is the only play that we are playing there, right? You need to, you need to snatch the equity. Where can you find the equity? That's what we always look for. So we, rather than buying rentals and keeping and so, uh, here's a saying, I always quote this, that buying and buy and hold and pray is not the business. Mm. Correct. Yeah. So, uh, in the same way, uh, we have to be a little bit creative in India. That's how then we started investing in the project on equity basis. The, the developers who want who raises money, right. Uh, who wants to develop the buildings, the condominium buildings, right. They just acquired the land. And that's when we get phone calls because we are into that network of people that they call us that uh, lucky. Uh, we have this project. What do you think? Uh, we need the funding. We are raising capital. And that's how we started investing that in India. But when we came here, it was uh, like, you know, one of the things that I would like to add in terms of difference, just in real estate, that the concept of realtor is very vague there. Like yeah. either you directly, like for us, like we could, because we are on the equity side. So there's no realtor, realtor thing that, okay, I want to talk to this person. I let, let me, I want to invest here. So it's not like that. Like if I want to invest, either it's going to be like someone, someone else, like who is an assistant of the developer, or it's going to be directly the developer that we are speaking to. So realtor is not like very, very, very they, they are there. They do exist, but. I it's unorganized. It's very unorganized. Like, you know, there's no MLS, like there's no things like there are online websites, but not as organized as we see here. So that is also one of the, the biggest buyer and which is so interesting. Yeah. 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 Which, which makes so much sense. Cause I've been an agent, uh, for a number of years. And most of the time when I deal with people from India, like they go straight to the listing agent or straight to the seller, if they can, it's like, there's no desire to talk to agents if possible. Yeah. So that makes a lot more sense as to why that's the case. Speaking to agent is, uh, sorry, speaking directly to the seller, speaking to agent is once in a blue that what we do. And when yeah. we do is to understand the market patterns, the sentiments report, the fear versus green index, you could say, but yeah. the seller is right there. Like you just talk, I mean, build rapport, right? Just talk and get, get to the, you know, uh, to the deals directly. The crazy part is like, they're like, okay, this is a bag full of cash. Do you have a good place where I can invest my money? So yeah, he's like, okay, I'm developing this project. Do you want, to, how many apartments do you want to buy? So some people will be like, okay, I want this one full floor. So ninth floor, eighth floor is mine. So I'm going to just book it. I want to invest my money. Generally it is like that. Like that's what we have seen. I'm not saying that it is the only way, but this is one of the very prominent way that people are using money to invest in real estate in India. So basically everything becomes creative. Everything becomes almost like a syndication or a fund or a group purchase, a JV deal. So, so that makes sense for the investor type mindset, but what are people doing? Like the general, like population homeowners, it's just like nobody like owns homes, like as one is everybody owns together or. 
How does it work? It's a very good question because it is a huge culture shock. I would relate it to your first question that you asked. It's a huge culture shock. In India, sentiments of people are attached to home ownership. Like they want home ownership or otherwise they would feel that they have not done anything in life. So they would want... They it's want, a milestone. Yeah, it's Sorry. a milestone. Yeah. So if they, if yes. they yeah. yeah. So if they don't own a home, it means they have failed in life. And that's why it is a huge yeah. sentiment that they attach to themselves. So yeah, they do, they like, usually the eldest person in the house or it's, it's the properties on their name because out of respect. So the, the children, like the younger son or the daughter would not ask their, okay, like I want to write this property on my name. It is out of respect that they would not even ask a question. Okay, my father has bought a property. It's going to be on his name. My grandfather has bought a property. It's going to be on his name until that person passes away and the successor gets it. But yeah, usually it's it's with the sentiments. They do it out of respect. People now are becoming more modern and the thinking is a bit open now. So they, yeah, they do want to invest and they are moving out. The concept of moving out from house after 18 years is, is it's a taboo in India. It still doesn't exist. So yeah, there, in, if you go in the bigger cities like metropolitan cities, you will still see that people are moving out. But the ratio is very less in comparison to the population that we have there. So very little population is actually thinking of moving out. So yeah, home ownership is after they start doing a job or business, they gather money for home loans and then they try to you know buy the property. But yeah, home ownership, they want home ownership. Like renting is like, no, 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 no renting. It's ownership. Not good. So, so then coming from a culture where creative dealing and negotiation and all those things are at a paramount, how does that set you up to do, to be successful? over here in the West? So to, to be successful in the West, because as I said that even me, like we all have home in India, right? Like it, it is it is owned by our parents. So we don't question that. But when we came here and then we started to learn about real estate investing, that's where I, I personally, or we personally felt that home ownership is a myth. It's the biggest liability that you can ever have for yourself unless you are sentimentally attached to that thing. So yeah, if I have a personal choice and if I want to own a home, nothing wrong with that. So that's fine. But if I had given a choice that, okay, no, you have to own a home just because your parents want it or your emotions are attached to it, I would not want to do that. That's what real estate taught me. So yes, the culture was different. It was totally different. Like even like when we talk to our parents, like they're like, okay, you guys are doing real estate. Why are you not buying a home for yourself? Like, why are you not owning a house? That's the first question they still ask us today. So then we have to sit and explain that why we are not doing this and how it is, how is an intelligent decision for us to rent rather than, you know, paying mortgage. And yeah, so we had to explain them. But I, I would say that, Actually, real estate taught us and opened our minds that it is not compulsory, it is not mandatory to own a home just because we were taught for like past 20, 21 years in India. So no, that's not right. Which that's a whole nother conversation we can go down, whether or not it's right to buy a primary residence. But let's save that for a second. Start taking us into like, how did you build your real estate business here? So uh, I would like to go ahead and... Uh catch up again back to the uh, the story that actually uh, you know I would, I would I would like to use the word bounce back right that actually helped us bounce back onto that when when we were signing almost signing the papers for the franchisee business restaurant what happened at that time we actually went and uh, 
to check the commercial spaces, correct? To lease. That's how. Uh, that's how uh, we actually uh, got our attention to it. I asked that what is the rent for this place, and they said that the rent of this place goes around three to four grand a month, and uh, it was in downtown Montreal. So at that time, it was uh, it was going around that uh, pricing around three couple of hundred uh, bucks per square feet. So uh, I said, "What is this worth if you want to buy this? Right? Not to rent it because that's 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 in the bloodline that to own this. So that that's my biggest uh, you know absolute cost of the business, like overhead. So he he told me that it's around five hundred. So $500,000 shop, store, or whatever you call it, is renting for three to four grand a month. You can make 1%. And that's how curiosity to, you can say, uh, I was like, what? How is this possible? You make 1% in value? Why will I do restaurant business? This is something, if I am going to make that much plus the appreciation, and this was before we dived into the creative uh, uh, investing, the burrs and the flips and uh, value add properties and fix and flips and all that. But uh, that's how I, we came to know and we started. Uh, started. So one thing I, I always, uh, in my philosophy, I always say that we are living in an information world, right? Whoever gets the best information whether it is uh, it's up to you whether you get an organized form of information or unorganized you research that's the reason companies have a research and research and development uh, you know uh, budgets uh, the department is completely researching so they're uh, scratching off more and more information learning and developing is a major part of my life and her life right now so uh, I, I started uh, getting information now I cracked the easiest way to get information now i'm going to spill a secret so uh, there are like a couple of options i started uh, watching youtube videos right i started reading books podcasts one another form of greatest source of information fast source you just plug and play and you're getting all consuming all the data right information right so after a while uh, I always say that if I want to really learn the sport, I need to take action and play. Getting involved, right? If you if you tell me, I forget. If you teach me, I may remember. But if you involve me, that's what I play. That's that's how I keep it. So I wanted to get involved. So to talk about involved. Go deeper in the word involve. What does involving look like? Partnering up with the experts who are uh, across the industry, who are doing things. I mean, you can still get all the organized form of information, but when when you will get involved at that time, you will come to know, okay, these are the barriers. These are the obstacles. This is the entrepreneurial journey. Entrepreneurial journey is a multidisciplinary journey. You want to know everything, little bit of everything. It's not one thing you, you need to know sales marketing. If you are creating a business, if you're going into that, you need to know every single thing. So you need to manage maybe what 10 tens of jobs. Now you're no more one, one job guy, right? So uh, that's how it, we really dived in. We started interviewing people kind of learned that what is, what exactly, um, you know, the market wants when we started. At that point of time, people were raising money. 
and uh, and it was gold rush back in around 2021 so uh, it was gold rush i mean at that time everything was selling over asking people were like real estate real estate and real estate so uh, that's why i call it a gold rush uh, people are like i have this deal now coming from a business uh, background i know how to analyze anything in 90 seconds or less it's it's napkin for napkin numbers for me so uh, i started kind of reviewing people and looking at now the greatest uh, i always say the best way you can learn is to getting involved but getting maximum information what i do is i become a consumer and you become the seller at that time i gather maximum information so i started doing that i started going across the places and telling that okay i want to do real estate what do you have what deals are you doing tell me i want i want to take part and i interviewed 26 uh 26 almost 27 people who were having the deal and they were raising capital so at that time i knew that uh capital is a good problem in uh in real estate right and it's always a problem in all the businesses right it's a good problem to solve so right we actually started uh getting all the information and knowing that uh, how are they playing the game and that's where we actually learned that there is something called flipping that's an equity play you buy below market value you add value and then you sell it for profit and that's how they were uh then it was private lending so private lending was something we were introduced to uh knowing the numbers now uh I was I was actually shocked to know that uh, it was kind of open market to private land. It was quite of uh, you know it's, it was smoother transactions to private land. Then we came to know the concept of JV and so on so on. We have all this information and I am a paper guy. So when I say I'm a paper guy, I still have a book and I write things down. Yeah. Because uh, that's our that's my habit. I always write things down whatever important information even yesterday 12 30 a.m i got a, a thought in my mind and i i actually woke up from the bed and i wrote the script of a reel can you imagine that so uh got the information and now we are ready to park our money so we were looking to see that what are the uh, partners uh, what are the deals that would really make sense and we took our uh, you know, we just to, got involved. Sorry to cut you off, but to add this involve the involvement thing, like the reason he is talking about involvement to a greater extent that we really need to be involved so that we can learn. I still remember our first networking event for real estate, which was held in Montreal. And we, we talked to so many people and everybody in the room was either investing somewhere or the other, either it's pre-construction, just like normal bird flip, anything sort of that. And each and every person to which we were talking, sure, I have a project for you. Just just give me your money and then you relax. And then you say, just give me your money. The normal JV partnership, as they call. So when we drove back home, we were like, lucky, like nobody's actually talking to us about what exactly they are doing. They're just like, okay, give me money and I'll work for you. Give me money and I'll do that for you. I said, that's a no-no for us because that way we would never be able to know the insides of real estate. Like, how would we know? 
And then we eventually found our first partner and then they said that, sure, like, let's do it together. Like we will do a JV partnership, but it's going to be learning while we are earning. So it was learning while earning. That's where we developed that. And then we got our, then at that time, our first property was the, the place where we really put our feet on the ground. And that's where we actually know that, okay, the concept of burr, how does the concept of burr is justified? How do you justify a burr? How do you justify a fix and flip? That's how we started learning. So for us, it was always involvement. Like I, I would never want to just give my money and okay, you do it for me and then you give me the return. So that was never a thing for us. Awesome. So take us deeper. So you're, you get these involvements, you get these learnings, you start starting the game. Where does the story take you from there? So now we are equipped with a property. And I remember uh, after learning all this step, so I broke down the stages of our as a business. This was a complete as an investor, right? As a, as a money that has been parked and playing uh, with the money and capital uh, uh, with the commodity called real estate. But now I wanted to create a business, a brand, a creditability. We wanted to do that. So I broke and we remember we were in India because we went back after it was a year and we went back to the trip and that's where we started. Actually, we, it was our week. It was supposed to be our vacation, but we were doing transactions there. So. Uh, we started, uh, we, we, we started uh, uh, breaking down uh, to the, as a business perspective that now this is no more just an investing and, uh, you know, uh, that we are doing as a, as a, you know, it's extra for money for acquisition. It or acquisition yeah. or an asset or wealth generation. Now I want to put this as a bread and butter. What should I do? And that's where, as I said, that in my philosophy, there are only two ways. Business is simple. Either you're in a distribution business or you're in a production business, right? So I started to see that if I were to dive in, I started to read about fine in, uh, professions. Um, and it's always easier to go uh, in as a distribution, as a distributor, where uh, you should have a sales and marketing uh, a background or learning or skill, or you can develop that. And to, so that's what I actually had in us. We, we both had in us. So I started uh, uh, learning about the distribution process of real estate. And that's how when we were negotiating a couple of deals, while we India, we were underwriting few deals, few rental uh, properties. Now, this was an acquisition site. We came to a, a wholesaler. We came across a wholesaler. And she mentioned before, right, uh, that we came to know that there is something called off market. Now, you know, in 2021, anything you tag off market was have getting an attention because at that time it was gold rush. MLS was having multiple offers, bidding wars and uh, off market was kind of private deals and uh, people were still expecting some margins out there in their flips, in their birds and stuff. So at that time we, uh, we saw that, okay, uh, wholesaling is something, uh, it's still there. And we started learning, we did acquire a flip though while we were in india and uh, we started uh, now we took one more challenge stage three raising 100k that was that was a greatest lesson i mean uh, what it takes uh, for a newbie to actually uh, raise money raise capital 
So I always say real estate is always a communication business. You need to communicate. You need to, there is always a communication flowing in and around the professions, uh, which are the, you know, uh, the centers of the business. So we did that uh, capital raising capital from India virtually. Yeah, because it was the day and night difference exists. So we used to be awake at night so that we can talk yeah. to people here in the morning. And we, we used to describe like we are just awake in the night. He's on one phone. I'm on another phone talking to people, explaining our situation. And also, I think the trust factor was also a bigger issue. Like we didn't knew who we are talking to, if the person is credible or not. We would just gather sources and from network networking and networking, we just found out a lot of people. But yeah, we did end up raising 100% other people's money, which we call as it was a zero dollar deal, zero dollar mm-hmm. our, our own money deal. So it was 100% OPM, as we say. And that was also a very, very good learning because yeah, from that flip, we, of course, we would we will make money, but from that we got a lot of connections, a lot, a lot of connections. Like today, we are at that stage that for one single issue, we have like three people for that. So if I have one, if if a water pipe water pipe is breaking, then I have three plumbers. Like if I want if I want a deck, I have three contractors. So we made a lot of connections out of this same flip. Uh, and yes, of course, the learning is still constant. Like I think learning never ends. It is a constant process that you keep on learning. So we are still learning. But the good thing is that it gave us wholesaling. Yeah. Yeah. So basically you're leveraging relationships you have in India and saying, hey, look, if you're over there, you're getting 40 cents on the dollar uh, or 50 cents on the dollar. You invest your money over here. I'm getting, you know, 1% deals. That's like double you know, two, two and a half times returns. Is that kind of the pitch? No. Uh, to get the money from India? To... No, we were not raising money from India. We used to wake oh. to stay awake all night to work in Canada, virtually. Got virtually. it. That was yeah. a challenge. Because imagine no physical networking. It was just over the phone. Over the phone. So you to raise. You were, you were in India networking with people in Canada to raise yes. money. Correct. Yes, and we successfully raised it and we took it as a challenge and I'm not going to take all the, we are not going to take all the credit. We, we, there were partners in there. Uh, there are partners into this deal. They also help, but yeah, it was a kind of a good challenge. Uh, you know, good problem to solve and don't forget problems are equal to profits. That's we see. That's how we yeah. see it. Right. So we just went yeah. in and, uh, tried to do an OPM and we, came out successfully and it's still until today it's it was an opm deal there were so many people who who we came across they said oh okay sir like you know if you want you know you should come to canada first and then we can meet in person and then we can talk so a lot of things like that happened but yes while being in india we we were able to raise money so that was a very very like a huge achievement for us i would say that we in my mind i used to think that it is an impossible task like when he was dialing numbers i was like okay you're just wasting your time it's not gonna happen like you're not even seeing that person like he's never gonna trust us but in my mind it was an impossible thing but it did happen so and of course there were zoom meetings and uh, lots of things but it was it was a, a quite a kind of a good sport to play, right? Good yeah. challenge to. Now let me let me ask you this, uh, you know, because in America we get a lot of emails and calls yeah. about like, hey, someone from India, right? Someone from Africa, someone over there, you know, you got an inheritance coming. It's a hundred million, uh, you know, that type of stuff. There's all these scams going on. How, like, did you get a lot of that when you were trying to raise money that people were? 
thinking you're a scammer? Like, how did you build a credibility? So that's a very amazing question. Uh, so credibility, uh, uh, we had a clan of people who they know and how we are uh, hustlers from the day one when we entered the market. It took us one networking event and we signed the papers for the property. So they kind of had, had a confidence in us. Then uh, we actually started building team after the first project because, uh, uh, you know, uh, as, I, as I mentioned before, we wanted to make, uh, you know, bread and butter, a business. So whatever ingredients that we learned that, you know, there is something called power team members, right? So we literally started networking very heavily before going there. And that's how we actually came across. Now, we developed an abundance mindset because what I believe is real estate is still today is the best vehicle to raise money. It's one of the uh, best vehicle to raise money. I mean, people are funding startups, right? So, I mean, uh, it, there was no doubt that, uh, that there is abundance amount of money, but me, uh, there should be a deal to work. As uh, you know, uh, I would like to, you know, uh, borrow a concept of money people deal from Stefan Arnie, right? So money, people and deal, we had the people, we had a deal, great deal, almost 52 cents on a dollar off market. So it had margins to play. I mean, who will, will say no? So we did came across lots of such emails and we did came across lots of, uh, this scam busters. That's what, that, 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 that's how I put it. We came uh, across lots of emails and stuff, but from our power team, I made an Excel sheet of 150 people I know. And I asked her to make 150 people, you know, now. We developed an abundance mindset. Every single person. How, but let me let me stop you there. You're in India at this point. How do you know 150 people in Canada? Because we did a deal, right? We went to a networking events. So at that time, and there was a code of conduct. I also made a reel on that. From day one yeah. of real estate investing, from day one, we, we dived into this. Me and her have a code of conduct. This code of conduct is to tell two people what we do and what can we do for them. Yeah. Until yeah. today, I practice this and it should be new. Like even if we go to a Tim Hortons and if the manager comes to us and talk to us, like, what are you guys doing? So we always explain, okay, this is what we do and this is how we run our business. And in fact, if they don't ask, I have a better script for anyone who is looking to do that. I mean, if, if you want to network with the average Joe, I would say, do you know there is something called real estate investing? Do you know that, hey, uh, did you did you saw that, uh, that there was an apartment that got raised? They raised none of their own money. So I, I always make sure I try and put some errors, trial and errors and do that. Now, to answer your question, uh, how did we know 150 people is we had all the immigrants, uh, as, as I mentioned, right? Uh, that lot of immigrants, lot of friends, lots of people, nears and dears and family and relatives. We literally scrap through everyone who is in Canada right now. Who are they? What are they doing? What are the small business? And not to uh, not to forget that I used to network with small and medium sized business owners when I was, uh, you know, networking for the franchises. So at that time, we came across so many people. They were looking to lend their money.
So that's how we actually came across a good list of around 250 to 300 people and we started making phone calls to them. So when you were interviewing to buy all these franchises, were you interviewing virtually over things like Zoom or were you, did you fly to Canada, conduct those interviews and fly back? No. So when I was in India, when I was interviewing, I was a buyer, a credible buyer of business, right? Of franchises. But when we came here- oh, it in was India. Yeah, before I even came yeah. here, I used to I used to network with them. Before I even came here, Love it was like a so before before brand. he landed here, I was still here, right? I was still here, so I, I have been in Canada for more than like six to seven years now. So if he had any questions or if he wanted to talk to someone, he would ask me that, okay, can you talk to this person? So I I had a meeting with the vice president of one of the sushi franchises, and I used to go and meet with them, talk to them, and that's how I developed. And I had more contacts than he had, obviously, because I was here for a very long time. So I used to sit and scribble, okay, I used to study with this person in college, and now when I look at his LinkedIn profile, he's a director of operations of some companies. So let me just try to connect, see if he wants to, if he's interested or if he knows anything about real estate and that's how we used to connect it's like more doors you knock yeah 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 i love this being in b2b sales before i got into real estate like just learning about sales processes and what works i mean the challenge you guys faced was was bigger than most people face and you guys handled it so well so tell us like where do you see yourself heading like in the next 12 to 18 months we have a plan of next three years Sweet. By the, by this year, we are trying to set up a complete business, uh, uh, at least six to seven figure business by this year. And uh, we have all we have hired all the marketing team. We have hired all the manager, the strategy manager who will be taking care of all the marketing. And my big my most of the time. Uh, goes into the sales and marketing and she just got a license. Uh, uh, she just passed the exam for mortgage. So uh, 11, 11 capital, the word capital is we are going to give that me a meaning. Yeah. We need to put this as a complete, uh, you know, a, a umbrella or a brand where you can, you can get the best uh, lending products, right? Plus you will get the deals. So now you have the money plus you have the deal. The All you have to do is just package. press the button. Yeah, complete package. Complete package. Right. So that's, that's something we are looking at, uh, for, uh, after, uh, you know, this year, 2024, uh, 2024 is what we are going to put this in role, but 2023 is going to be the year of wholesaling. We are setting up every single thing for every single ingredient for the business. Yeah. So let's put a, let's drop a billion dollars in your bank account today for each of you guys and give you a hundred lifetimes of cash flowing properties. What does your life look like? Does it change at all? So, uh, as an entrepreneur, uh, I have already, uh, I have always learned that. So I, I, I would like, so let me make it simple. You asked me a question that, uh, does it change your life? Yes. Now we want a couple of billions. For me, yeah. I would say that, that for us, the hustling would never stop. If it's yeah. like a $1 billion or a hundred billion dollar, the hustling would never stop. And we, we like to work. So yeah. like, yeah, yeah, financial freedom is something that we obviously want, but we want to work because we like to work, not because we want to, or we have my to dopamine releases when I work.
<laughs> keep it simple uh, uh we both are workout freak like fitness freak we have a disi- uh, you know a discipline schedule we wake up at same time we eat same food because we are on a you know on a always on a diet and we have uh, uh, the the complete clocks look like it's ma- it's controlled by us the day doesn't control us we control the day yeah so right. it's always in the pipeline that uh, i still remember my 12 uh, 11:30 uh, pm activity is is to open the task and put the task for the next day nobody snatches our morning that yeah. means for the first couple of hours there are no meetings we always plan the meetings post that time because those two hours are the strategies in the business because now we are talking about business now we are talking about transactions the volume yeah. now acquisition is one of the part of our business but uh the sales the marketing the leads the cash flow to run the business the heartbeat right everything is now we are uh, moving forward with all this nine jobs right so we are now creating a food chain a complete systems the business can work we are hiring people we are always interviewing more and more yeah. people great talents right so we are uh, we are slowly and slowly they always say what is your goal i always say we both say that we want to fire ourselves from this jobs slowly and gradually we will be taking off our jobs and delegating yeah. and delegation is something we always you know uh, practice so that you could build more businesses and fire yourself from those and you will become some of the most fiery people in all of business absolutely yeah that's that's the plan uh we have we, you know i always believe have more than you show speak less than you know so there are yeah. a couple of things we are still are uh, we are uh, you know thinking on taking forward but uh one of the thing if anyone who is listening and if you are a real estate investor and if you are thinking a deal right and and if you are thinking about deals there is a world out there which exists called off market deals i wish i knew it before my first yeah. deal but i am telling you guys whoever is listening there is off market deals and if you're going to ask me lucky and zara both as what is your business one of our business is selling shovels in gold rush what this mm-hmm. means when you are digging mm-hmm. for gold as a real estate we investor will give you shovels and that's, that's called off market discounted deals yeah it's the tangential services right you find out where the stream is and you find out what services it's umbrellas in the rain it's you know all those types of things absolutely yeah. Love it. Guys, thank you so much Lucky and Zara for giving us a glimpse in your life and business. I mean, particularly giving us a glimpse into India and raising money from India. That is so cool. I love what you guys are doing. So, guys, if you're taking notes, like there's so much you could take from this episode, whether it's sales skills or the process or the fact that he interviewed 26 and 52 different franchises and investors to get the best strategies which is what we do here on the podcast. So, write something down that you know, share it with somebody that can hold you accountable, start taking steps towards freedom. because freedom is acquired one extra time and if you take steps day by day before you know it you'll be living in that life of freedom thank you guys for tuning in we'll catch you on the next episode